Hey, everybody, welcome back. Um, we are just rushing headlong into spring. It's really exciting stuff. It's a cold day where I am today, but I'm excited to be talking about something that's going to warm us up inside. I, mm. <laughs> I feel really good about it. That's our goal for today. Welcome to the show. My name is Leslie Bolser. I'm the creative director for Core Essential Values. We are a curriculum company that works with schools and communities and families to just figure out how we're going to live and interact together in a way that makes it the very best possible for kids to um, learn in their school setting. And I'm here with my friend, Dr. Beth Trammell. Hi, everyone. Thank you for being here. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm Dr. Beth Trammell. I'm a psychologist and I teach at Indiana University East, where I also am the director of the Master's in Mental Health Counseling Program. And I love to talk to people about being intentional with the words they use. I just think that that's why we get along well. This word uh, matters a lot to me. Um, just kind of in my own life, I have realized the older I get, the more um, important this word is to me and my kind of overall well-being. And so I just love that we get to talk about these words every day. Yeah, I'm excited because this is a word that's important to me too in one that I um, I can really feel it when this is going well for me, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just you and I because we're alike, but maybe other people will, will feel it too. So let's get specific. The word we're talking about this month is peace. And we're really talking about interpersonal peace, right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, it's about the way we engage in arguments. So we're talking about um, proving you care more about each other than winning an argument. So we're not talking about world peace. We're not talking about things that are far, far away from us. Although I think it applies because mm-hmm. we can't do those things that are far, far away from us if we can't accomplish peace within our own small circle, right? Um, so we're talking about peace in our homes, peace in our classrooms, peace in our relationships. So what do you have to just get us started on that conversation? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. One of the one of the more common phrases that I say as a psychologist to people is inner peace, outer chaos, all of us are going to have outer chaos. And if you turn on the news, if you scroll through social media, like you're, you're always, there's always going to be outer chaos. And so I really appreciate having to kind of break this down and think about, yes, all of that is going to be true, right? Inner peace, outer chaos is going to be true. But then also like in our relationships, we can do more intentional things to kind of pause and think, do I have to win this argument? Do I have to be right? Or does my peace matter more than being right, right now? Yeah. Like as a grown up, that's a great point. I love how I've seen that live out in my life mm-hmm. and the peace that's created for me when I, th- when I can pause and think in relationships, how much of a difference it has made. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit more with adults, but first let's talk about our tiny friends, our preschool, our pre-K and younger. This is really complicated for them. This is not easy for them. It, do you talk about peace at all or do you just model it? What does it look like with really young kids? Yeah, so um, I'm actually sitting in a preschool as we speak. Um, I had to find a very quiet corner. Actually, it's nap time right now. So it's a little bit quiet, at least in some of the spaces. But um, yeah, so at the preschool level, what we are often 
um, trying to do is really teach that pause. And a lot of it comes down to sort of emotion regulation at this age. And so we may not necessarily be talking in the context of interpersonal peace, but we are trying to plant those seeds of pausing before you have a tantrum, pausing before you hit your friend because they took your toy, pausing before you, you know, throw all the blocks across the room because they fell apart on you, you know? And so one of the ways that we teach that um, in the preschool that I'm in right now is to, they, they all put their head, their hands on their head and then they make a bubble over their head by lifting their arms up and taking a deep breath. And so training them, okay, everybody pause, put your hands on your head, lift your hands up and make your big bubble with your big deep breath. And we blow it out. And so, you know, we're sort of teaching the precursor to peace in that way by really encouraging them to pause, not just when they're angry, not just when things aren't going their way, but over and over so that when it's, when they do have this moment of frustration or anger, they already have been practicing that skill when their body is regulated. Yeah, that's really great. I watched you do that on the camera and I kind of felt it. <laughs> that's a really, that's a really great exercise. I love that. Um, and I love that you mentioned not just doing it when they're angry or when they're frustrated, mm-hmm. practicing that discipline when they're, when they're regulated already. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true for all of us, right? That it's like, if I'm, if I'm only waiting for when things are, uh, you know, chaotic, it's, it's, it's just not our moment for teaching when it's really chaotic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to we have to teach when their bodies and their brains are calm, um, and then we have to regulate when their bodies are out of control. Yeah. So let's talk about elementary, middle school, high school. Let's talk about older um, kids who will have some context for arguments. Let's mm, say context mm-hmm. for winning and losing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way that our preschool friends don't. Before we started, you and I had a conversation about this, about being in a dynamic or maybe maybe it's in your family or maybe it's just in your social group or whatever, where uh, debate or argument is a style of communication. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that a little bit. Do you do you face that with parents? Would do you do you see that pretty often? And, and what what does that lead to? Does that lead to other concerns or is that a perfectly normal way of communicating? Um, I think whether we consider it normal or abnormal could be one conversation. But I think there are families whose style of communication is to sort of banter, you know, is to kind of go back and forth. And, um, you know, some of us might find that to be unpeaceful, right? It's like, oh my gosh, why are you arguing? And it's like, well, we're not really arguing. We're just kind of talking, you know, it's just kind of our way of, of talking. And, kind of the good and bad about my friends who are in um, our K-5 schools is their brains are um, very concrete. And so they think in very kind of black and white ways. And so, um, for example, if someone is doing something they're not supposed to do, that's against the rules. And um, there is, you know, we have a lot of friends who are very um, focused on the rules and um, following the rules. And so it um, may cause this interpersonal conflict for our K-5ers because they're like, 
yeah, you have to follow the rules and you're not following the rules. And so I'm going to come over and sort of disrupt the piece because my brain only thinks there's one way to do this right. And so, you know, I can think of lots of classrooms that I've been in where the teacher is like, you worry about you. I've got this person. I will tell them that they're not doing the right thing or whatever. Um, and it, it can be really challenging. And so this, this word for this age group in particular can be really hard because they're maybe not necessarily as focused on winning the argument and more like my brain sees one way of it being right. And this is not right right now. You know, it's funny you said that I actually can remember myself saying to my children, uh, it's okay. I'm a grown up. I can handle it. Yeah. I can yeah. Yeah. And tell her what she can do and what you can do. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Remember those exact conversations because you're right; they're so linear, so concrete at that age that um, that only right and wrong makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's um, recognizing um, having this conversation about peace. At, you know, at this age, it may be easier to even explain it to them at a place of like, it's my job to make sure everyone's following the rules. Thank you for letting me know. It's not your job to make sure everybody's following the rules. It's your job to tell me if there's anything else I need to do to make sure people are safe or following the rules. And so, you know, teaching them that like, they don't have to manage every every interpersonal situation that way may be a first step here because it, it is going to be challenging. This because this stage of development for our K-5ers, like you almost just have to like continue to plant seeds uh, around this, but like this is just their stage of development. So let's talk a little bit about older students then, mm-hmm. how to talk about peace with them. Yeah. Infinitely, I mean, even in a classroom, I know there are lots of classrooms that use debate as a teaching technique or yep. use um, it, it write argumentative papers or whatever it may be. So this becomes even a part of their learning is how to disagree yeah. with the people or with another person. Um, so how do you how do you put that in context with being peaceful? Yeah, I think you bring up a great point in that. Oof, okay, well, we might as well just go there. You know, we we've forgotten how to disagree with people. Yeah. Right. We take every disagreement and we think it becomes this giant conflict. You know, it's like we we can't just maintain peace and disagree. Yeah, no, you're right. And the other thing I've seen is people who say, if I don't agree with you on this one particular issue, that makes you this kind of person. Yeah, yeah. And no longer interact with you or, or I can't agree with you on anything else because now you are in this certain category or, or you believe this certain thing. And so now, and I don't believe that thing. So we can no longer be in a relationship. Yeah, and I I think it's really critical for us to recognize that peace, um, peace is an inside feeling, right? It's like, yeah, I want to have peace between me and that person, meaning I don't necessarily want our relationship to be, you know, filled with conflict. But I don't know that I don't know that peace is on the other end of the continuum from disagreement. Right. Yeah. Say more about that. That's really interesting. I mean, I I think that we can disagree and still maintain 
peacefulness between us, you know, and, and I certainly can maintain peacefulness within me, even if this person who I love or I don't love doesn't think the same way as me. Right. I mean, I think what I find from, from folks who I've, I've seen in therapy or I've had sort of like just casual conversation with, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this person feels this certain kind of way. And it just totally disrupts my inner peace. And it's for what, you know? And so I think about my own teenagers and I think about some of the, um, you know, the disagreements or the conflicts that they have with their friends and how disruptive that is to their inner peace. And I, I think there is teaching to be done for our teenagers in particular. And and frankly, even for us, you know, I, I still have to kind of look in the mirror and realize, Hey, this might not be something that is within my control. And so continuing to kind of stew or be stirred up about it. In other words, like me kind of losing my peace may not even be worth it. And so helping our teenagers see like, you know, you're getting all worked up about this and you're getting really frustrated by this, but really it's okay if they think a certain way and it's okay that you think a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how common that is anymore. It, I know. That feel like a natural position um, in 2024. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and even for adults, you know, I've been caught in this trap too. So I think it's, you know, obviously, you know, we've, we've talked many months about how I believe that everything that we should be teaching to our kids, we should be modeling well. Um, and not that I do this well all the time, you know, I just think um, continuing to practice and hold these things that we believe by modeling, I just think it's, it's something for us to continue to, to try to be better at. Yeah, absolutely. And when, you know, when we are talking about adults or talking about ourselves, I absolutely know that the relationships closest to me, when I am striving to maintain peace in those relationships, I do feel peace inside, right? I, I do eliminate some anxiety or eliminate some worry. Um, when I feel like the relationships of those closest around me are in a healthy, peaceful, reconcilable mm-hmm. state, right? So I think you're right. Um, we can regulate ourselves a lot of ways, um, including as adults working on our relationships with our kids and with those around us um, to not just come at everything from a, the opposite of a peaceful state. Yeah. And I, um, One last thing that I'm kind of thinking um, as you're just kind of talking as, as adults, right. I want to challenge us to think about the difference between peacefulness and numbness. Oh, good. Really good. My, my next question to pose was, you know, to have folks kind of pause to think about moments when you feel the most peaceful Right. And so, um, you know, we, we can't really start teaching this, this feeling of peace if we don't actually know what it feels like, you know? And so I'm picturing some folks who might be like, well, I'm, I'm pretty peaceful when I'm kind of binge watching TV or I'm just scrolling for hours, you know, it's like, well, is that peace or is that just like, Tuning avoidance, out. tuning yeah. out, numbing out, you know, like, 
And I guess we could maybe have an argument about that. And um, we could still be at peace, even with an argument about a different idea about that. But um, I guess I just want to challenge the listeners to think about that. Um, When do you find peace? Yeah. Yeah, I won't argue with you on that. I think that's a really, really great point, that there's a difference between authentic peace and authentically working on relationships and being at peace with yourself and others and ignoring or numbing or whatever. There's a big difference in that. Um, I don't think it's an easy thing. You know, I think you and I are sort of like recognizing the value and importance of, you know, having peace. And, And I'm sure there's listeners who are like, yeah, but you know, in my life, there's this happening. And in my life, there's this happening. And, um, you know, I want to honor that, right? And how much that does impact our our inner peace. And I think the message that it that I think we're hoping to convey is that all of those things may be very true. And in as many ways as we can have relationships with people where we're choosing peace over rightness. Yeah. That's one step. That, that's it. Just start with that. Just, Just one step. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And not in every relationship, right? Oh, not in yeah. Every is peace possible? Um, or should a victim be seeking peace or any of those things, right? Um, pick a relationship and pick a baby step. I, I totally agree. That's great. Yeah. I mean, peace certainly comes with boundaries. Yeah. For right. Sure. So we're, we're certainly not saying, uh, yeah, just have peace. Don't say anything. Just let people treat you badly. Like peace has a whole lot of boundaries um, included in it. So yeah. This one got complicated, which I love. I think this is, this one's a super important word. And, you know, as, as our kids deal more and more with anxiety and with um, just over information from the world around them, that does seem really chaotic. I think this is going to be a more important conversation um, the farther we go along and the older our kids get. So I appreciate it. Thank you for digging in. It's good. Um, if you want to know more about you, how can they find you? Make words matter for good.com is my website and there's links to um, my podcast, the blog, um, the book that I wrote, all the things. Everything. Great. And if you want to know more about Core Essentials, you can find us at coreessentials.org or on social media at CE Values. Hey, will you come back next month and talk a little bit more about some exciting stuff? I always love to come and talk about words with you. Great. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. Ciao.